Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Johnson & Johnson is back, baby. And producer Ari can tell you all about it. Feeling the effects of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. But look, if, if I'm taking one, that's my choice. It was an 11-day pause because of blood clots uh, to seven women. Seven women. There were blood clots. So they took a look. And when it happened, people were like, oh, this is ridiculous. Oh, it's a fear thing. Much of it is ridiculous. But I'm not saying that they shouldn't take a look. I don't get worked up by this. So they take a look and they're like, okay, we're cool. And then people are like, oh, you can't trust them. There's this poll out. I think it's by Pew. Pew Research. And what they said was that Republican men, they are reticent to take the vaccine. Okay, they're reticent. Now what do you want me to do? That's not even newsworthy. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Tony Katz today on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Be sure to get the podcast at TonyKatz.com. That's K-A-T-Z. If Republican men don't want to take the vaccine, Republican men don't want to take the vaccine. That's, that's up to them. This is the way they are. This is the way they are. When they discussed how black men were reticent to take the vaccine or black people were reticent to take the vaccine and they brought up the Tuskegee experiments, I said, okay, I can't help you reach those people. The Tuskegee experiments took place over a span of 40 years. It's a horror story. See, when people talk about some of the horrible things that were done in America, they are correct. We shouldn't dismiss it. When we state, or when people state, I should say, not we, because we don't do this. When uh, people state that America is a racist country founded on racism, this is, of course, a lie. America is a bigoted country, of course, a lie. It's just not true. That horrible things happened and that some disgusting things happened is true. And this is true the world over. My own kids discussing the idea that, you know, if this was done by in, in, in this day and age, it would be considered a war crime. You know, they're mentioning this in history or that in history. My gosh, when people talk about, look what we did to the Native Americans. First of all, I didn't do anything. Secondly, if you're talking about people who came to the New World and people who spread the common cold and people who butchered Native Americans, yes, that all happened. It all happened. You know what was happening before that happened? Native Americans were butchering Native Americans and tribes were attacking tribes day in and day out, week in and week out, month in and month out, year in and year out, decade in and decade out. Because the nature of man has not so much changed until 1776. There are these moments in history. You want to go back to the Magna Carta? Sure. You want to take a look at what some Native American tribes had in place that, that people like Ben Franklin took a look at and said, how, how can this be utilized in, in the U.S. Constitution? Absolutely true. Absolutely true doesn't change the fact that there was also happening tribes killing other tribes this is the point 
that these things do happen, have happened. And that America, in pushing to be a more perfect union, you can point out awful things. Awful things. It's okay. It's, it's history. You should know it and make sure it doesn't happen again. That's, that's what's fine and rational. The Tuskegee experiments is an awful thing. If because of that, which ended in 72, I believe it was 72, 1972. If you say to me, well, today people are reticent to take a vaccine because they're black. Okay, I can't help those people. If that's your answer, there's nothing I can do for you. I'm not trying to be angry. I'm just saying it the way it is. I'm just, just, just laying it out there right on the line. If Republican men don't want to take the vaccine... Don't take the vaccine. What does it matter to me? If some old Republican white guy doesn't want to take the vaccine, Tony Katz doesn't give a damn. I'm going about my life. Me, I'm going to go about my life without wearing a mask everywhere because wearing a mask everywhere seems to be a bit silly. And wearing a mask everywhere doesn't seem to do any good. And there is no data that shares that there is a serious efficacy in wearing masks. Now, a mask clearly stops something, but also clearly doesn't seem to have an effect of any grandiose basis on COVID. And certainly, all the people who told us that the, the uh, Super Bowl was going to be a super spreader event and the NCAA championship in my beloved Indianapolis, oh, that was going to be a super spreader event. The local news went after places. There's a, there's a place called Mass Ave, which is gorgeous and fun. Bars and restaurants, really, really cool. If you can live there, it's great. And there's this new destination called Bottle Works. It was the is this old Coca-Cola bottling uh, plant, which still has that Art Deco 50s kind of vibe to it. And they turned it into a hotel and a movie theater and this outdoor area called the garage. It, fantastic, fantastic. And people were really out there the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. And then, and then the scolds came and said, you're going to spread the virus. I don't know. I, I assume that's how they sounded. I assume you're going to spread it. And then, you know, they got basically attacked for having people outdoors. But even Dr. Fauci will now tell you, after telling you anything he wanted to for months and months and months, yeah, outdoors is fine. Yeah, you know, Jim, I don't want to come out ahead of a CDC announcement, but as you hinted yourself just now a moment ago, that very soon, imminently, in the next few days, very likely, the CDC will be coming out with updating their guidelines of what people who are vaccinated can do, and even some who are not vaccinated. And certainly what one can do outdoors vis-a-vis masks is going to be one of those recommendations. So stay tuned. It's coming soon. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't need to hear from you, Jim Acosta. We've heard enough of your garbage in our lives. They gave Jim Acosta a television show. Jim Acosta makes more money than me. That drives me crazy. Luckily, I still make more money than producer Ari. Everyone makes more money than producer Ari. (laughs) 
but he's not bitter. He's not bitter at all. Now, why don't you go a little further, Dr. Fauci, and explain to us how we're not going to need to wear masks outdoors. Well, sooner or later, I don't know if it's all going to be coming out at once. I mean, the, the one thing for sure is the thing that's on a lot of people's minds is what about outdoors? Because obviously a lot of people are going to be spending a lot of time more outdoors now because the weather is getting really nice, beautiful spring uh, weather. You're going to be seeing people wanting to do things outdoors without masks. And it's common sense to know that the risk when you are outdoors, which we have been saying all along, is extremely low. And if you are vaccinated, it's even lower. So you're going to be hearing about those kinds of recommendations soon. All along? All along. What? There's never a moment he's not on every side of the issue. I am sure, this being Dr. Fauci, that there was a moment where he said... Oh, yeah, outdoors is fine. And I am sure, this being Dr. Fauci, there is a moment where he said, intimated, pushed the idea of, mm, well, you know, it's um, uh, I wouldn't trust outside. Didn't he say he'll only do small gatherings now outside, but even then social distancing with a mask? That's, that's what he would do in his backyard? People. We're going to have to make the call. Just like we make the call on whether or not we're going to get vaccinated, right? We make the call on whether or not we're going to take the vaccine. You don't want to take it? Don't take it. Don't tell me about it. It's like telling me about your gluten issue and why you're keto or something like that. I don't, I don't need to know. I honestly don't need to know that much about your life. I want to hear your thoughts. I don't want to hear about your digestive system. You want to take the vaccine? Don't take the vaccine. You don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Don't let these people scare you, threaten you, cajole you. Nah. The experts don't have it right once again. And I can appreciate this because science does change. But don't sell it to us in in, in that expertise way. Be honest and be clear. You don't have to wear a mask outside. I honestly doubt if you have to wear a mask inside, if it'll do any good. But if you want to, Feel free. Stop letting them run your lives is the key story here. Get the vaccine if you want. Johnson Johnson. It's back on the market. I'm Tony Katz. Watch me take a good thing and mess it all up in one night. Catch me. I'm the one on the run away from the headlights. No sleep. There are six sexes. People I don't like. I'm was not a was not aware of that. There are six sexes, according to a Texas lawmaker, Tony Katz. Good to be with you, Tony Katz. Today, um, he went to Harvard, and that'll tell you. That'll share it with you. And he wants you to know six sexes do indeed exist. That modern science obviously recognizes that there are many more than two biological sexes. In fact, there are six, which honestly, Representative Hefner, surprised me too. With you now. <laughs> surprised me too, because I, I, you know, am not well versed in this this issue area. I'm not a scientist. I'm a politician. A lot worse than a scientist. As long as you know, you're bad. 
I don't know where the data comes from. Right? I guess because, you know, you have an XX and an XY, right? XX is female, XY is male. But you can have X, XXY, XYY, and XXXY, which you can mostly find at your local video store behind the curtains. By the way, that joke was better when we still had video stores. Screw you, that was funny. I'm, I am not taking that back for anything. That was perfectly delivered. Thank you very much. Now, if all of this is based on the idea of transgender athletes, well, we're going to have ourselves a fight. Wait till I get into the story of what's going on with Alabama and some of the lawsuits that have been tossed. We will get into all of it. But I wanted to share, you know, that the... uh, Oscars took place last night. And I know, uh, you didn't watch them. And I can appreciate that. Because they admit. They admit, yeah, we're political. We don't care. You know, when Regina King, who I love as an actress, says if the verdict in Minneapolis had gone a different way, she would have traded in her heels for marching boots. Well, good thing it went your way. Was justice served? What does that matter as long as it went my way? You gotta, man, you, you gotta, you gotta stop and think for a second. But one of the interesting pieces came from Tyler Perry. Now, Tyler Perry has created quite a career for himself. His own studios, his own production company, um, and... He won this humanitarian award. I don't know what the awards are supposed to be for. It's, it's, it's a lot of self-gratification. But a lot of people were sharing what it is he had to say, and I wanted you to hear at least uh, this part of it. Especially to Whoopi Goldberg, Ava. You know, when I set out to help someone, uh, it is my intention to do just that. I'm not trying to do anything other than meet somebody at their humanity. Like, uh, case in point, this one time, I remember I was, maybe it was about 17 years ago, I rented this building and we were using it for production. And I was walking to my car one day and I see this woman coming up out of the corner of my eye and I say, "Mm, she's homeless, let me give her some money. Judgment. I wish I had time to talk about judgment. Anyway, I reach in my pocket and I'm about to give her the money she says excuse me sir do you have any shoes it stopped me cold because i remember being homeless and having one pair of shoes and they were bent over at the heels so i was like yeah so i took her into into the studio she was hesitant to go in but we went in we go to wardrobe and there are all these boxes and everything around the walls and fabrics and cracks of clothes so we ended up having to stand in the middle of the floor so as we're standing there we, I, wardrobe we find some shoes we help her put them on i stand up i'm waiting for her to look up and all this time she's looking looking down. She finally looks up. She's got tears in her eyes. She said, thank you, Jesus. My feet are off the ground. In that moment, I I just, I, I recall her saying to me, I thought you would hate me for asking. I'm like, how can I hate you when I used to be you? How can I hate you when I had a mother who grew up in a Jim Crow South in Louisiana, rural Louisiana, right across the border from Mississippi, who at nine or 10 years old was grieving the death of Emmett Till. As she got a little bit older, she was grieving the death of the civil rights boys and the the little girls who were in the bombing in Alabama. She grieved all all these years. And I remember being a little boy and coming home 
and she was at home, like, what are you doing at home? You're supposed to be at work. She was in tears that day. She said there was a bomb threat, and she couldn't believe that someone wanted to blow up this place where she worked, where she took care of all these toddlers. It was the Jewish Community Center. My mother taught me to refuse hate. She taught me to refuse blanket judgment. And in this time, and with uh, all of the internet and social media and algorithms and everything that wants us to think a certain way, the 24-hour news cycle, it is my hope that all of us would teach our kids, and not only to remember, just refuse hate. Don't hate anybody. I, I refuse to hate someone because they are Mexican or because they are black or white or LBGTQ. I refuse to hate someone because they are a police officer. I refuse to hate someone because they are Asian. I would hope that we would refuse hate. And I want to take this Gene Herschel Humanitarian Award and dedicate it to anyone who wants to stand in the middle, no matter what's around the walls, stand in the middle, because that's where healing happens. That's where conversation happens. That's where change happens. It happens in the middle. So anyone who wants to meet me in the middle to refuse hate, to refuse blanket judgment and to help lift someone's feet off the ground this one is for you too god bless you and thank you academy i appreciate it thank you now i ask you anything wrong with what he just said or is it everything we talk about here everything we believe in every single way he brought up subjects that are real events that are real History that exists and should not be whitewashed and should not be scrubbed away. But there's a difference between discussing the history and getting into hate. Why do I oppose anti-racism? Because anti-racism is all about hate. Why do I oppose critical race theory as it is applied in schools and in universities and in workplaces? Because it is all about teaching people to be bigots, to hate others for the color of their skin absolutely opposed to such a thing not opposed to what tyler perry is saying how can you hate someone just because of their job wouldn't it be because of the actions you can hate someone because of their actions you can't hate someone because of their existence i don't hate doctors as a profession but i've met some doctors who i think are garbage i've met white people who i think are terrible and white people who i think are great same with black people same with Asian people. Same with Hispanic people. Because there is no monolithic thought. People. And then you make your judgment. Yeah, I'm friends with this one. I'm not friends with that one. Because people, you know, connect in different ways. That happened at the Oscars. So it wasn't all awful. But I wonder if that only gets said when you've got enough money to be able to say it. He doesn't have to worry about being invited to parties. He throws the party. I'm Tony Katz. He got that boyish look that I like in a man. I am an architect. I'm drawing up the plans. It's like I'm 17. Nobody understands. No one understands. He got my heart Six in ten college-age Americans, according to a poll from Harvard think Joe Biden is doing a good job. (laughs) Now they were serious. Tony Katz, good to be with you on Tony Katz today. Get the podcast at TonyKatz.com. Do it immediately. This, according to the Institute of Politics at the Harvard Kennedy School. 
highest figure for any president in the history of the survey. Okay. I'm willing to not believe this. I am willing to not believe any polling that exists at all in any way and at any time. It's just not. I, I can't. I cannot bring myself to find it, it, it believable. I cannot bring myself uh, to to find it factual. I how how could I? Which part? The six and ten? No, no. I get. So, do you think the college kids are just idiots, or that the polling was deceptively wrong? Well, I have to read the poll further. What I think is that when you are basing something based on emotion and not based on actual facts, you can't get anything of value. So, no, I cannot buy into any poll. That's why I said after the election, all right, I'm out. I'm out of this polling world. I can't. I can't believe it because I don't think people answer properly or or in in, in any way, uh, uh, shape or form. The idea that six in 10 uh, students, uh, college-age students, would think that Biden's doing well while looking at the border is laughable. We were told under Donald Trump that the border was concentration camps, that the border was a sin, that that you had uh, Kamala Harris telling us telling us that that this was a war crime and it wouldn't happen under uh, a, a, a Biden-Harris administration. She has gone 32 days without having a press conference regarding the border, even though she's in charge of the border, and it's been happening for 100 days. They invited more people. They changed the processes. They have caused violence. They have made things worse. If anything, it's still the same if you don't want to admit the fact that it's worse. They didn't make it better. So why isn't it still a crisis? Why isn't it still a problem? Why isn't it still concentration camps? And by the way, that was a despicable thing that Representative Ocasio-Cortez said. It was a lie. It was disgusting. And I say this uh, to to my, my fellow Jews, my people, my people. You actually stand by her? What is wrong with you? Fablungeting cup. It's Yiddish. You might want to look that one up. Disgusting. But it got allowed, and the media just said, oh, no, yes, it's uh, serious. And now it's not serious? And now I'm going to listen to college-age students tell me that 6 and 10 think he's doing great? No. You think it's great that there's vaccine everywhere. Thank you, Trump. No. Not even. Thank you, Pfizer. Thank you, Moderna. Thank you, Johnson & Johnson. And thank you to those governors who figured out how to get distribution going. Got to admit, there are a lot of things I have an issue with with uh, Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb on. A lot of things that I'm fine with. Indiana just landed in a place called Hendricks County, which is out to the west of Indianapolis. Apple's going to put together a distribution center, $100 million dollars. Of investment, it's great. Five hundred jobs by twenty twenty four. Thrilled and overjoyed. And some people are like, "Yeah, but we want the the high tech jobs, not the distribution job." Of course, you want the distribution jobs. Of course, you do. Any governor not looking for those jobs is not looking out for the welfare of the citizenry of that state. You got to take care of people where they are and what it is that they are capable of doing. And most importantly, what it is that moves them. Not everybody is going to code. I can't code. Do you think you're only a person of intellect and of worth if you can code? Not true. Not true at all.
What good is all the code if the actual MacBook Pro doesn't get to its location? What if the parts don't get to where they need to be? Give it up for logistics, people. But not everybody is going to do that. Some people are going to do other things, and you want to make sure they've got not only jobs, but opportunities for growth and for building. So this is is, is hugely, hugely important. Right? But what's happened in Indiana with distribution of, of, of COVID vaccine has been solid. Solid, solid stuff. I, I respect it. I appreciate it. I say good work. Very, very good work. But Biden doing a good job? I don't. Really? The vaccine, we already got government out of the way. We had gotten the money to the companies. They had already built the vaccine. They had already started distributing it before Biden took office. And that's worth a, a, a six out of 10? No, it, it's, it's an emotional response. It's masturbatory fantasy. It's garbage. Not going to pay attention uh, to that poll. I am paying attention to the fact that New York police officers are leaving in droves. 75% spike in departures and, uh, and retirements. This according to the Washington Examiner. Who would stay? In 2020, over 5,300 police officers retired or quit. That's a 75% increase from the previous year. Who wants this? You've taught the people to hate you. You've taught the people to fight you and hurt you. And then nothing happens to those people. And if you sneeze wrong, you're guilty and you go to jail. Who needs it? We're not talking about the very idea that um, that a bad cop gets off the force. No, we're not discussing that. We're discussing that what you want, what you have in society are people who want to hurt others. They want the cops out. And so the cops are saying, screw it. And they're right. And New York's not the only place where this is happening. It's not. It's not the only place where it's happening. Now, I've got much more to get to, including I want to get to the story about transgender students, athletes, I should say, and this federal judge, what happened in Alabama. I will get to all of it coming up. I'm Tony Khan. Well, I guess I spoke too soon about LeVar Burton hosting Jeopardy. Ah, live and learn. I'm going to have to retract that. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. LeVar Burton, uh, Jordy LaForge on Star Trek and, uh, of course, reading Rainbow. Uh, I, I did not know he was a leftist. That's fine. His politics are different than mine. But he's on uh, The View with Megan McCain, talking to Megan McCain. And LeVar Burton wants to be the new host of Jeopardy. And when it first came out, I was like, yeah, who doesn't like LeVar Burton? Guy's fine. Guy's cool. I think people respect him. I think he's got the right temperament. I still do, by the way. Or maybe I did. 
Meanwhile, he's on with uh, Megan McCain over there at The View, and uh, Megan's asking a question. Of Reading Rainbow. I watched Reading Rainbow my whole life, and I've already started my daughter watching it. It's a completely timeless show. You should continue doing it and host Jeopardy. But we have talked on the show about the decision by the Dr. Seuss estate to discontinue six of his books that feature racist imagery. What do you think of that decision and about the cancel culture surrounding works of art or artists that are controversial? So it's more than just a question about the Dr. Seuss books, which, by the way, I have two of them. Um, Not getting rid of them. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, And by the way, I'm not saying that some people are like, yeah, that image doesn't work anymore because it doesn't work anymore. You have to cancel people and destroy them. And remember, Dr. Seuss is different. So this is a little bit of, 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 of mixing it up. The Seuss estate said they're no longer going to publish that book. Cancel culture is when somebody says something and someone else says, I'm offended, and then you work to get them fired. We've seen this happen all over the place, but only certain people get fired. You can work for Disney and compare uh, Republicans to Nazis and keep your job. You just can't be Gina Carano and do it. So her question is not only to the idea of cancel culture and really the Dr. Seuss stuff out of it, but rather the idea of, of, as she said, the art. Cancel culture surrounding works of art or artists that are controversial. Um... You know, it's, it's interesting because uh, I, I just, um, for the Seuss Foundation, voiced, did a voice uh, over for um, a video that they have put together to remind us that Dr. Seuss is more than simply a company that's decided to put a couple of books on the shelf to take them out of rotation. That that that, that man, Theodore Geisel, is responsible for generations of wholesome healthy, wonderful, imaginative, creative content for children of all ages. And, 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 and so I, I think we need to put things in perspective. Um, in terms of cancel culture, I, 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 I think it's misnamed. That's a misnomer. I think we have a consequence culture um, and that consequences are finally encompassing everybody in the society, whereas um, they haven't been uh, ever in this country. So um, I, th- I think that there, there are good signs that are happening in the culture right now. And I think it has everything to do with a new awareness on people who were simply unaware of the tr- real nature of life in this country for people who have been othered since this nation began. And just like that, he's out. What? Well, allow me. If somebody is putting an idea into the public sphere and you disagree with it, that makes sense. If someone puts an idea into the public sphere and you want them fired and you dox them and you attack their employer and shame them and threaten boycotts until they're fired, you're disgusting. Just so we all understand each other. What LeVar Burton just uh, advocated for is the absolute opposite of civility. And a new awareness. The First Amendment didn't go out of style. The First Amendment is right here. Continues to be. Civility allows ugly ideas into the sphere and then they can be pushed aside and recognized as ugly without the destruction of the person. Because what if somebody puts an idea out there and says, wait, what about this? 
well, you didn't consider this, you didn't consider that, you didn't consider the other, you got to take a look at this, and someone can say, you're right, that's a bad idea. What we do now is someone puts a bad idea into the, out into the sphere and say, what about this? And we go, you racist, bigot, no good, two-bit bastard, son of a bitch, I can't believe it, somebody kicked the living crap out of that guy, and where's his mom? We got to get his mom, we're getting a dress, we got to go to where he lives, we got to find his sister. Does he have kids? We're going to the school and we're going to rip them right apart. That's no way to live. It's no way to live. That's the opposite of civility. And that's what LeVar Burton just advocated for. I'm out. But I mean, Sorry. What does that have to do with him hosting Jeopardy, though? Oh, I, I think that that's just uh, an absolutely horrific thing to say. And I don't think he should get the job because of it. Oh, I mean, that's no, like, no, 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 that's no, like no, the no. Chick-fil-A thing. Uh, like people uh, who's like, I'm not going to Chick-fil-A anymore because I'm like, you're going to let the, ch- I'm not, I don't care. I don't agree with my Jeopardy host politically. He is in favor of an uncivil society. Can't host the show. Jobs to ask trivia questions. I nope, can't care less. No, nope, no. Nope. See, that's your problem, Ari. No standards. No standards for my Jeopardy hosts. You're correct. No, no standards at all, Ari. That's not you true. You think it's fine? Can't you be like, yeah, that's messed up. It's messed now, listen, up. Listen, I'm not saying you should be fired from reading Rainbow. I'm saying that I am like, yeah, I'm not interested in you as host anymore. I'm not going to be able to stop him from getting the gig. I mean, I guess. I just, I don't really care what my Jeopardy host thinks. Oh, I think it's ugly. I, I, I think it's absolutely ugly. I'm, uh, I can't stop him from getting the job. I am one man with an opinion and a theory. And I want him to think about the fact that what he just advocated for was the total lack, and not only the lack, the eradication of civility. I'll give you an example of civility. You heard me talk about this earlier. DMX died. Rapper, right? He was 50. By the way, he was only 50. I find that very interesting. It always seemed older to me. I'm not an expert in DMX. And showed up to his funeral, showed up to his funeral in a monster truck. I'm like, that is something. And then I learned that Louis Farrakhan spoke at his funeral. And I said, well, that's the end of my conversation about DMX. You see, if... if Louis Farrakhan said something, and you were like, hey, that's interesting, right? The answer is not, I can't believe you'd say that. He's a racist. He's an anti-Semite. He is. He's an anti-Semite. He hates women. He hates white people. He's a bigot. The people who are friends with him should be looked at askew. If there's a, if something he said, you're like, hey, um, I, I, I think this is interesting. What do you think of this? That would be something different, Right. That would be something different. But if you're going to have a guy like Louis Farrakhan speak at your funeral, yeah, you, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> but a boy's got to have standards. <laughs> and that's where I'm drawing the line. Aretha Franklin had Al Sharpton, Bill Clinton, and Louis Farrakhan speaking at her funeral. It hurts me to like the music. I've had some people say that Aretha Franklin really had a lot of hate in her heart. Like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of hate. Really? I I don't... I wouldn't have guessed. I don't know. 
I don't know, but when you've got when you've got you know those three speaking at your funeral, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a bad look. <laughs> Is that it? By the way, it's a question of bad look to who? Or to whom? Well, maybe she didn't invite them. I don't know. To whom is known? They were on the dais. Oh, yeah, dang. They were on. <laughs> so, yeah, my, my take is if, if you uh, if you have Louis Farrakhan as a, as a speaker at your funeral, uh, chances are. Chances are we're not going to be friends. Chances are we disagree about a great number of things. We can't agree that Louis Farrakhan's a bigot? I mean, are we really that far gone? And notice I say, uh, I've never said that he shouldn't be allowed to speak. The man wants to speak, let him speak. I'm not going to stop him. I'm not going to stop either. Louis Farrakhan is a bigot. The people who don't condemn him are really sad people, and the people who are friends with him are disgusting. Just saying. Just stating a fact. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio and TonyKatz.com for the podcast. Tomorrow, everyone.